Live from Bedford Stuyvesant, the livest ones. You know what it is. It's the boys, those cool kids, those guys, those bosses, those dons. The ones you want to be friends with, but you're not cool enough to hang out with. The Mogul Talk Boys. That was so beautiful. I go by the name of Church Happy June, y'all. And I go by the um, name of King Jules. We here, baby. Half a year. 212? Um, 212. Yeah, oh, episode 212. 212. <laughs> no, is this 212 or is this 211? Or, or is it 213? No Who knows? Idea. I have no idea. Um, but thank you guys for listening to that last episode. Uh, Shout out to Simone, a.k.a. Via Simone, for being on the show. We appreciate you showing my love. Great dialogue. And we appreciate for you, you all for <laughs> tuning in to this the last week's episode. It was a great episode. A lot of great discussion. A lot of great content that we had for you guys. Um, this week, I don't know. Like We got a lot to talk about. There was a lot of shit going on. I just want to update. This is episode 213. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Kevin, how was how, how's your how was your week been? What has been going on in your week in your life? <laughs> um, I just copped these new Clarks that are mad fly. Fire! They're like periwinkle. They're butter, bro. Fifty um, percent off at Macy's. Go cop them. Get that. And deal. they're Macy's exclusive, so you can't cop them at like the Clark store. Mm-hmm. You gotta go to Macy's. Um, I went to Summer Jam this week. How was that? I mean, it was cool, but you know, I've been to like six Summer Jams. My roommate Jump has been to nine. Um, in a row. Also, I just want to reiterate that um, Kevin and his roommate John Paul are both the owners of like probably the most Yeezys in New York City. I think John Paul true? has twenty <laughs> pairs, and Kevin is running up there about eight or ten or somewhere around there. <laughs> I have eight. Not planning on getting any more, except for these ones that are dropping this Saturday. But I don't think I'm gonna do it. I can't. Smart money. I can't. You know. Yeah, that's why you gotta invest your money in other shit. But. Um, Summer Jam, you know, it, it's changed, you know. High 97 ain't the hottest as it used to be. It's all now about Power that. 105 is on 105. top. 105.1. Summer Jam also used to be about the surprises. Even up to last year, so Swiss Beats brought out Belleville DeVoe, which I thought was fucking amazing. And the year before that, they had Faith Hill for Biggie's, like, 20th anniversary mm-hmm. um, of, you know, just being dead. And that was beautiful, too. <laughs> this year, they didn't have any... That was so casual. They didn't have any... Uh, like legends this year and so it was just weird um but you know it was lit it was it's better than like golf ball mm-hmm. because golf ball now has 12 year old kids smoking on their jewels you know and you're just like a fucking 25 year old adult and you're like what am i doing here at summer jam i mean at, at golf ball summer jam is actually you know like people of color mm-hmm. and they're mad lit you know mm-hmm. people who have been coming to summer jam since like 1993 when it first started mm-hmm. um so like it's our people it's actually kind of lit like i was just chilling but like when the reggae was coming out everybody's going crazy shaking the ass and i'm like i'm having a good time even though i was just sitting down drinking a beer like you know um but summer jam was cool uh, I, I think too um I talk about like the festival circuit. I feel like I've never been to a festival myself, but like I definitely think that there needs to be more festivals directed towards people of color, um, especially yeah. because of the fact that like we're the main ones on these festival roster- rosters. If you look at especially like, like Rolling Coachella, Loud. Rolling Loud, Coachella is diverse, very diverse. It's diverse, but like come Rolling on, Loud the past, mainly. For the past few headliners have been people of color. Beyonce, Childish Gambino. Yeah, true. True. You know? And they have Kanye, but they should be there. They should, because it's their, their platform. Dr. Dre. Uh, but before, like, Dr. Dre and um, like, Jay-Z, like, there were no rappers before that. It was mm-hmm. all rock people. Um, it really was Summer Jam or Rock the Bells that doesn't exist anymore. 
uh, that would have really the they were really the only hip hop concerts back in the day. Mm -hmm. But now everything is hip hop. True. Um, Rolling Loud is all like white kids from Florida going there, um, seeing your favorite rapper Travis Scott. Even if you just go to a Travis Scott concert, um, it's all of them. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, really, the thing that was catered to people of color was Afro punk. And that has become, become more mainstream. More mainstream. And I was very disappointed in that because of the fact that, like... But how do you stop it? Afro, all right, so if you were, like, peak... I think peak Afro-punk, in my personal opinion, was, like, 2012, 2013, going to, to early 2014. Because I think it was about 2015 when Afro-punk Afro started charging people. Exactly. So um, Afro-punk yep. was, like, a free festival. Free. You can go see your favorites, Erica Badu, D'Angelo. And at first, it was, like, completely free. And then, like, then they made it to, like, oh, you just have to volunteer and we'll give you a free ticket. Ticket, yep. Um, and they and had at first it was, like, $40, actually, the tickets. It was, like, free oh, to yeah, volunteer, yeah, yeah. $40. And then it evolved to, like, tickets were $80, which they are now, $80. And now they're becoming more mainstream. And don't get me wrong, like... That's perfectly fine, you know, but Afropunk is like a rolling festival that goes all around, you know world, what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like a Coachella, you know, where it's like main staple California once yeah, a yeah. year or a Gov Ball or a Made in America. This is a festival that moves around. You have Afropunk ATL, you have Afropunk LA, you have Afropunk Paris, Afropunk mm -hmm. UK, you know what I mean? It's like... Afropunk pa Paris must be fun. probably crazy stupid. That must be lit. You know, but it's crazy to think that, you know, like we're losing that edge because I think, you know, people are taking losses with money. You know what I mean? Like they probably yeah. don't have the funding like they used to back in the day to afford the artists. And now it's getting bigger. They have to charge money. But um, I definitely think they got to start working on trying to create more festivals that service people of color and like celebrate our nature more. You know what totally. I mean? Um, because I thought like Afropunk last year got a little whitewash. Yeah, man, and it was, and it also showed that how big it got. They had to um, change, ven they really have to change venues. Mm -hmm. The Afropunk last year, they had to push it onto the street, and mm -hmm. they blocked off a block, which is cool. I fuck with that in Brooklyn, um, making it you know part of the community. Uh, but yeah, man, they really like are full to the brim, and I guess I guess that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. um, you want to get bigger and then try to keep it as authentic as possible. But sometimes it just gets becomes corporate. True. Messed up. Everything becomes corporate yeah. at some point in time. Um, there's also the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. Which um, is now not going to... This year is the first year they're not doing it. What? Yeah. Um, they announced it maybe like three weeks ago that they're not doing the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival this year. Wow. Um, because they want to focus on their energies and try to figure out what they want to do. But I, I like Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival because it's very educational. Yes. It's not... It's, the festival is... Saturday, Sunday, yep. but Wednesday, I know the whole week, literally Monday through Friday, they got classes, they got, um, you know, yeah, movie like, screening, yep, you got yep. Q&A panels, you got all this development, you know, um, and I would say the same way that like A3C kind of does exactly. things, you know what I exactly. mean, where it's like during the week it's a conference and then the festival the last two days. And kind of like, um, what's the one that's in uh, Austin? South by Southwest. South by South. I, I would equate A3C to be South by Southwest for people of color in the hip hop and R&B industry. Totally, one hundred percent. And that's necessary because I feel like it's so hard for us to kind of get those platforms at South by Southwest. You know what I mean? If you're not already on somebody's platform or on somebody's showcase. You going out to South by Southwest, it's very hard for you to meet and mingle with people, totally. get with the right label people, talk to the right people, versus like A3C, their whole thing is like, you could be a regular person, 
go and link up with like your favorite producer or meet your favorite producer. Um, Zaytoven is a very big benefactor in the A3C Festival, but like that, having that sense of accessibility where you're going and being able to talk to these people face level, you can go talk to A&R's face level, managers, tech people, all, you know, the whole lot of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And like, uh, there's also the Revolt TV com- music TV True. conference. It's kind of like that as well. They don't have a concert, but um, it's all about that, mm-hmm. you know, meeting the A&Rs, meeting the people that you think. Mm-hmm. But you, you um, whenever you go to those things, it's really up to you to be able to follow up yeah, on networking, those things. Yeah. You know, like in the, in the Rock Nation brunch, there's a... I want to go to Rock Nation brunch. So yeah, but Kevin Hart, like, he gives a toast and he's like, if you're here, uh, that means that you're going to make it. But like, what, what, just because you're sitting there, like, no, you got to work. I mean, like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Any other normal person who like, had to pay the security guard 10k to try and sneak in mm-hmm. which probably didn't happen because they got that lock tight mm-hmm. um uh that like something's gonna happen just because you're in that place like it's i guess you get the you get the tools but then you got to build the house yeah and then also it's a matter of like where preparation meets opportunity you know what i mean yes like, you've been preparing your whole life for this moment and i think that for me you're, you already turned 25. I'm about to turn 25. And I think for the past six months, my brain has been racking, trying to figure out, like, what's next? You know, what's that next move? How do we do it? Am I getting too old for these moves or whatever? And I, I was thinking about it, just seeing Jay-Z, like, um, becoming the first hip-hop billionaire. You know what I mean? I'm um, Seeing that happen this week, it was kind of a step back for me. It's like, you're not... Things are not happening for you because of the fact that you're not fully prepared. And you got to kind of be in a position where you're fully prepared to accept the opportunities that are come for you, that are going to come for you. Like, I can't expect tomorrow that I'm going to go get some get a phone call from somebody's major record label and they're going to be like, Julian, we want to come and meet with you and talk to you about this and that. I can't expect that because it's all a matter about preparation totally. meets there. You know, you've been working hard consistently doing the right things. These people are going to notice. And then that preparation is going to meet the right opportunity and, and come together. And I think that, you know, a lot of times with us and people our age, we're so concerned about trying to we're looking for that magic stick, you know, that magic wand, that magic bean opportunity where it's like, hey, it's going to be thrown at us. All we got to do is water it, and then there, our mm-hmm. career is right there. The opportunities are right there. Our life is right there as we see it. And it's like, realistically speaking, it's not. You know what I mean? You know, the opportunity comes once in a lifetime. The opportunity comes to you when it's meant to come for you. And like, everything happens for a reason. And that's it. Like, mm-hmm. simple shit. You know what I mean? And we know whatever, like, your skill or your idea or like what you've been building, um, whenever it's time to execute it is always about timing Mm -hmm. timing needs to be uh executed perfect Mm -hmm. Um, much like uber um much like these companies that they saw a need for a product um and built it and that's when it uh just worked Mm -hmm. much like what we're kind of working on yeah coming soon secret project (laughs) wait on it But uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's the timing is everything, and we're we're always in such a rush for time because we feel like life is like realistically speaking, life is passing us by. But we're seeing what life passes by, and we're so, such in a rush that we want it right now, and that's never going to yeah. happen for us. You know what I mean? Jay Z at twenty six 
made his first music video that launched his career and look at him 49 becoming the first hip-hop billionaire do i agree that he needs to be a billionaire no i don't necessarily agree because hey we can redistribute that wealth into the black community in different ways you know what i mean the same thing my, i have the same argument with, with diddy you know you don't need all those millions but i mean they, I don't do, need they do stuff though they do but i don't think anybody needs that much money Diddy has you know has a charter school you know like they they're they doing shit you, and hopefully they do redistribute it. You're right. Jeff Bezos doesn't need... Jeff Bezos doesn't need that much money. Nobody, no one person needs all that money because of, this is the same cycle that we talked about a couple of episodes back. It's like, you got... What, what is Jeff Bezos' net worth? Like, uh, it was, it was $132 billion. billion. So he has $132 billion. God forbid Jeff Bezos dies tomorrow. He just divorced his wife. They don't have any kids. Right. Who's that fortune left to? Who's inheriting that $132 billion? You know what I mean? Hopefully they have a plan. They, and yeah, I hope they have a plan. But in that instance, okay, now that's $132 yeah. billion. Now that wealth, you, you don't have kids. So that's not going to be passed down to kids and generations and so forth. And that's not going to build generational wealth. That's st- that money is going to stop at the extent of like somebody that's going to be handed that money. You know, maybe a close friend, close family member. They're going to take access to have access to that money. But realistically speaking, like... What do you need that all that for? You don't. You're not building a family. You're not supporting this. You just have 132 billion dollars just to say you have 132 billion dollars. But I guess that's a capitalism, you know, in a sense. 100. percent That's capitalism. And, and and you know, like, um, well, when Jeff Bezos got divorced, he gave half to his wife, and his wife donated half uh, of that. Half of that. You know, like girls, you know, they're more um, generous. Mm-hmm. She, they realize, like, I don't need all this money. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna donate half of it. Guys, they'd be like, "Let me find out how to get more money." Because mm-hmm. um, there's always a sense of greed. Yeah, and, and men always want more. There's always. This is why men are the biggest cheaters, and black men we don't cheat. Okay, we're loyal. We're loyal to the cause. You don't. You, I don't if you say a black man cheats, it's a lie. Okay, I'm a part of the faithful black men association of America. To you. Okay, um, but with that being said. Men are greedy. We always want more. We always want more of, out of everything, more out of life, more out of our, our opportunities, more out of money. You know what I mean? We're always hungry. And that's why, you know, that dynamic in the family dynamic was always messed up because of the fact that there was always this misrepresentation of fathers and men in lives because of the fact that they're always working. They're always yeah. trying to get more. They're always trying to provide and be that the big man on campus. You know what I mean? And in that process, you're kind of sacrificing yourself in the end, you know, like trying to be that hungry, hungry person you're sacrificing your soul you know you're not helping anybody by being hungry and selfish in, in your thinking and realistically speaking like america was founded by a bunch of men so of course they're going to agree that capitalism is right and right the system is you know justified in how we do things you know i personally think that that's not necessary i personally me personally i think that there should be a cap on the amount of money that certain people have but that's just me. I mean, especially when America's in, in trillions of dollars in debt. Um, I don't think there should be a cap because if you like did it, you did it. Like, what can you do? Like, I don't think the government should decide. But I do feel I do feel there should be laws put in place that doesn't allow uh, corporations to get like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we have lobbyists um, that will uh, that they corporate corporations spend millions of dollars to try and like. Stop uh, 
putting diseased lungs on cigarette packs, you know. Mm -hmm. They pay millions and millions of dollars for that to happen. In, like, Canada, there are no lobbyists, you mm -hmm. know. That doesn't exist, but the structure of our country allows for shit like that to happen. It allows for um, corporations to be able to borrow from the Federal Reserve for 5% maximum, but then credit card interest rates are at 28% mm -hmm. uh, for the average consumer. Well, um, and 28%, and why do you, how do you expect I think when I got my first credit card it was like 24.99% yeah. interest rate and I'm like seeing more recently that it's 28% it's like where who how do, who do you expect to pay that amount yeah no that's why like it's it's uh it's modern day like indentured servitude um credit card companies with especially with that interest rate but it's fucked up even like banks you know they could borrow 6% from the federal reserve and they're the ones who caused the recession mm -hmm. They're the ones who had to get bailed out and almost put this this country to shit along because with the they, auto they were overextending themselves and giving and, them so many. But yet there are laws that protect them, the corporations. Mm -hmm. But the laws don't protect its people. Yeah, America itself in itself is a corporation. It is a corporation. Um, it is so the biggest corporation outside uh, of China. Yeah, um, and China is gonna get there. Maybe, maybe not. It depends who you ask. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, no, nah, I don't think we should. But. We should definitely tax people um, and have that redistributed um, so that we can uh, put into better things, education. But a lot of things, education needs to be modernized. Um, we need to help our infrastructure. We need to make sure we have clean water. I mean, we need to also f help social welfare. You know what I mean? Like, re I feel like there they hasn't been any updates to the... Um, food stamp system the section 8 housing system any of that in years the section 8 housing system is like going down it's right not now even that, like supposedly section 8 is going my mom my mom told me before she retired that section 8 is sex sex section 8 is about to be no more under trump and that he's moving towards relieving um food stamps and um, social security, actually, that they're moving to try to find a new benefits plan that encompasses all of that. But imagine like all of our the people in like our parents' generation who've been paying into social security yeah. for over 25, 30 years, and then they're about to receive, you know, like not saying that our parents are old, but like they're in the next 10 to 15 years, yeah, they're yeah. gonna start receiving their um, social security what they've checks. Been working because what they've been working towards, and then to find out that what they've been working towards is not as much money as they thought that they were going to be getting and then look at our generation that we're paying into social security now to support our parents to support our grandparents generation we might not even have and it. we're not going to even have social security you know yeah i mean 100 percent. like there's uh not enough like with the amount of like people who are born like there's not going to be enough to support that's a problem that china has mm -hmm. with their like social security shit since they had that one baby thing um those parents, so they, so like only one baby, and then those two parents are getting old. Since the population is pretty much in half, that it should, then it should be. There's not going to be enough people to support the taxes for the older generation, mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be a crisis that might um, be the downfall of China, like a, a, a part that could be. Mm -hmm. Along with, they also like have like millions and millions and millions of homes that they just built up cities and they're like abandoned. And all that I, mean, say. I, I feel like that's going to happen very soon in New York City with, I think I saw an article the other day that said that the average New York City, the average rent for an apartment, a one bedroom apartment in New York City is sitting at about $2,800. 
like that was just like the average of the, the pool that they did or whatever. Realistically speaking, I personally would say the average one bedroom rent is looking about 1800, 1800. to, you I would say 2100 you could yeah. find a one bedroom because I know some folks that have three bedroom apartments and they're paying about 23 depending on what area they're in. The more rooms, like... The uh, more rooms, obviously, the more expensive it is. But realistically speaking, imagine that, like, the, the, the average is $2,800. Look at all the new development that's happening in these communities. Look at all the new development rapid. that is happening in Bed-Stuy. Even, like, on my own block, I'm seeing all these new buildings go up. Like, every other week, there's a new building that's being yep. constructed. And it's like, they're building all these buildings... Affordable housing is not distributing these houses, the, the housing properly to, to people because they're overcharging. Like there's a unit on um, a block over by where I used to go to school. They, they destroyed the school and then they turned it into an apartment building now. And they were talking a one bedroom unit that they wanted $2,000. And I was like, I knew the, the administration and I was like, they could have not been paying more than maybe $3,000 at max $4,000 just on the mortgage in that building alone to now to get one unit you're getting mm -hmm. to $2,000 mm -hmm. for a one bedroom unit and that building had over 20 units. You know what I mean? That's a little crazy to think about. And that's going to continue to happen with all these new development. They think that all these people, all these gentrifiers are going to come from Minnesota and they're going to be willing to pay that $2,800 um, average. And then it's gonna, they're going to come to find out that it's, they're not going to be willing to pay that. And then they're going to be so many open units and they're going to try to find people to put in these units and they're not going to be able to afford to keep their mortgages. And then some of these buildings going to end up going empty, you know? Interesting, yeah. Especially no. because now, like, realistic, the generation that is coming to our cities and gentrifying our cities are the younger generation. Most of the college graduates, they're coming and moved to New York City for job opportunities. They're not going to be able to afford that. I don't know. They're not going to be able to walk into New York City and get a job for sixty k a year when the average income for a person in New York City is thirty something thousand dollars a year. Probably less. Less, but maybe you gotta twenty work two jobs. You got to work make two work two jobs just to make one solid income in New York City. It's ridiculous. And then on top of that, like people are going to get driven out. So mm -hmm. even more homes are going to go empty. And the, the, we're seeing that 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 crisis with the eviction. Um, with the ev eviction of um, all these people in the NYCHA housing system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, people are getting evicted left and right. And now, now the city has come up with um, a legal system to support those people who are getting evicted because it's happened so often. And now they're trying to get rid of these people out of NYCHA housing so they can kind of refix it up, redevelop it, and then give it to more people. Because there's some people who've been in NYCHA housing for over 30 years. Hell yeah. You know? Um, tragic that story that she mentioned last week or two weeks ago. The guy who no, was yeah, the, the in a coma, eighty year old man who yeah. was who was sick, yeah, and got and then put came back house. and yeah. no home was there. Mm -hmm. And I'm that's I'm sure that's not even the worst story. Like, how 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 can we treat our elderly like that in America? You know, no respect for the elderly. Not at all, bro. No? It's like not in our philosophy. Mm -hmm. Like in the East, they like. The fucking and in this in like South America, the elders are like the royalty of the family. You always got to make sure they're taken care mm -hmm. of. Um, and here we don't care about our veterans. We don't nope. care about our children as much as like they like to think they do. Mm -hmm. um, we don't care about all we care about is like uh, money and consumerism. Mm -hmm. Media, media. That's it's it. Fucked up. It's like material things. Just is it's like we're brainwashed. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's that's the America that we know. 
It's just crazy. Like, Everything's bigger in America. Like, you know, like our plates are bigger. Our burgers. Our burgers. Like, people outside. Like, Mind here we burger. have, like, no class. You know, like, we have, like, a soda and we have, like, ice in it. And you go, if you go to like, Europe and ask for it, they'll give you water. There's not going to be any ice in it. Mm-hmm. And if you ask for ice, they're going to be, like, the hell. Because they don't want your tongue to get cold because you're, you're waiting for your meal. And, like, you're not going to enjoy your meal, apparently, to mm-hmm. the most. Like, we just do some next shit. Yeah, we're, we're different. And not in a good way. There's, like been so much going on in the united states the past week that i just like have not been able to digest the crazy shit that is going on (laughs) i think for me i I, the first thing i definitely want to address is the airbnb airbnb situation like dude when one i don't fuck with airbnb to begin with okay Mm. i did not i've had like subpar experiences with airbnb airbnb and i think that there's a certain level of the way that the airbnb system is where they can discriminate based off of color based off of of, uh, sexual orientation name whatever it may be by your profile you can determine whether or not i can stay in in your place if i go to a hotel all I, I'm a, just a name and a credit card. Don't know if I'm black. Don't know if I'm white. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can go and want to travel to um, Timbuktu, book an Airbnb, but just because you're black, they don't want to host you. But if you are a white man, they want to go and host you and take care of you. You know what They'll I mean? They'll bow down. And like, for, for those, those five brothers who had to deal with the, the Airbnb host, calling them a monkey. Shaking my damn head. And this is a, a, a person of um, Asian descent calling five, uh, saying, she, and I quote, which monkey is going to sleep on the couch? <laughs> what type of fuck shit is that? Which monkey's going to sleep on a couch? So I'm good enough for you to take my money. Why don't you but, explain the story? All right. Explain what happened. Let's let, d- d- dial back. I think it was last weekend. Five, five um, African-American men were traveling from D.C. They booked the Airbnb in the Upper East Side or Upper West Side. Um, the Airbnb listing said that there were four beds and one in a couch space. There were five people. So four people would have slept in a bed. One person would have slept on a couch. When the Airbnb host found out that there would be an extra person staying with them, um, she was a little bit unruly. She was a little upset about the fact that there was going to be an extra person. Shout out to Bedford Stuyvesant um, and the Motorcycle Boys that always want to grace our episodes. Um, (laughs) Authentic, son. It's New York. um, But in that same instance, she goes to say that they were going to eventually have a party and they were going to be loud and destructive and destroy her home. Is that 2 in the morning? This is like 2 in the morning or whatever. And it got to the point where she was getting uncomfortable and unruly. Um, She was trying to figure out what the sleeping situation is. And she said to them, she's like, which monkey's going to sleep on the couch? One, what the fuck? Hell yeah. What are you saying? And then eventually it turned out where um, the brothers, they turned, they called um, 911 about the situation because they felt uncomfortable you know being in her house and stuff like that and she was kicking them out at the same time she eventually kicked them out 2 30 in the morning five people traveling from dc now got to go find a hotel because they were kicked out of an airbnb that you pay for because that airbnb money comes out your account yeah. like right when you put when you book it you know what i mean so she got paid that money for them to stay there to end up kicking them out come on when she should have could it was just supposed to be away anyway yeah 
And that's why I don't, I don't, I don't like the Airbnb system because of the, the, the level of discrimination that happens. And this is not the first case that this is happening. No. This is just the first public case, but there's been many times people have been discriminated against I, I because of this. I bet you there's lawsuits. And Airbnb definitely has, has had to put out shit in mm-hmm. regards to that. So is Uber. You know, Uber having cancellations because they see a picture and it's a, per- a black person. Or look at the, the instances where, like, these dudes in Ubers and Lyfts are going and, like, trying to sexually assault women, bro. And you're working for Uber, you're working for Lyft, and this is the brand name that you're representing. They don't give a fuck about that. They don't. But see, I think, is it, I'll ask you this question. Is this the problem with these companies and applications um, and, and these brands that are, like, user-focused? And the company is kind of step to step to like kind of take a, takes a step back right. away from it, where like the brand t- suffers and the company suffers at the expense of somebody who uses their product. Right, right, right. Nah, it's definitely always supposed to be about the client, mm-hmm. not the employee. I mean, the employee is important, but the employee, the clients are supposed to know about what the employees are going through, mm-hmm. and um, if someone reports that. They have to get that nigga out of there. Mm-hmm. They have to get that person out of here because that is a fucking um, big ass issue. Even like cops um, who like will uh, handcuff a girl and then like have sex with them because they're drunk or something. Like, oh, I'm gonna take you home. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to pass a law to the, stop that from to happening. stop that from yeah. happening. Like, why the fuck is that happening in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it is up to and it's you know. It's fucked up because in America, this is and the world, this is a fucking racist ass world. Mm-hmm. Um, and some races are happy to wear that shit on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fucked up, man. I'm not surprised, honestly. I, I I'm not surprised. We, what they need, some of these companies to work on is a better vetting system for the yeah. people that represent their brand. If I'm an Airbnb host, then I should be vetted, background checked, make sure everything is perfectly fine with me before you decide to represent my company because Airbnb, they're taking a whole of it. She, at most, she's just going to be talked about, being scrutinized, all of that, and removed off the Airbnb site, mm-hmm. but they can't legally sue her. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what is the what is this extent of punishment the for her? They would have to sue the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, but this is not an agent of our company. This is somebody who just uses our service. Right, and right, You kind of right. got to be, like, mindful of that. No, you're right. Um, they got to, like, not have it through the computer. They have to call and be like, let me hear this person's voice. Mm-hmm. And be like, how do you feel about, about black people? And then she'd be like, you mean niggers? Ah, oh, so you can't get them. Or even me in person. I think maybe they should set up, like, uh a local center, like a local office in the area. Yeah, and I think they do have that for Uber. Mm-hmm. Airbnb, no. I know Uber has an office Uber in has Manhattan, that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's for every state. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Uber definitely you have to go in person, but um, Airbnb, hell nah. But I, just, I personally feel that, like, if your product is usable in a certain area, in a certain city, you should have a base of operation, uh, operations Somewhere there. close by, yeah. And that's where the issue where people had issues with Lyft is because there's no contact. You don't know who you're talking to. Facts. You're talking to a computer or bot that gets ser- sent to a person or whatever. yeah. yeah. In like Sri Lanka or something like that, they're not even in fucking New York City. They're using Lyft in New York City. You know, that's that's the fuck shit about it, man. Um, but yeah, that's the, the Airbnb host. Nah, nah, that's man, crazy. it's it's, it's a fucked up. Like even this week, there was that lady. There was those two black people in Texas who were just going to like a, a lake and having a picnic. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to be romantic. My brother probably woke up. He's like, Yo, I'm gonna 
put some cheese and some crackers in this basket. I'm gonna take this get girl out, put a blank. You know, <laughs> I'm oxtail. And I'll roll up the roll up the doja and the fucking uh, Russian cream. What's that shit called? Backwood. <laughs> and then the la- some lady pulls up five seconds later. She's like, pull it with a gun, white lady. And it's like, oh, yeah, um, y'all need a reservation to be on here. And, like, pointing, and he's like, whoa, like, don't point. And they left right mm-hmm. away. But then they came back to, like, report him. And then, like, the other park ranger was like, that's not true. Like, and they fired her. That's, that's messed up. But, I but, why, why, but why is this such a common culture? And this is not in just America. This is a global issue. Because, like, who knows what the, peop- the people of color that are in Europe and yeah. in, um, Asia and other countries, Australia, what they're dealing with on a level, you know what I mean? This is just our experience in America. But, like, why is this such a common culture, you know? Like, a common culture of hate. And that this is a regular thing. And people feel that sense of entitlement and control. And, like, I, like, yeah. I, seen, I saw a video today where um, Alexandria, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez was saying white supremacy is a global issue mm-hmm. because it is yep white supremacy is going through every country you know what i mean and whether it's black people whether the it's british Hispanic, empire <laughs> whether it's asian people well i don't think asian people get the grunt of the level of white supremacy as opposed to like hispanics and people of color and mm-hmm. black people and middle eastern people and stuff like that right right right, right. Um, well i mean england owned hong kong for a long time um and that's the only part they owned and then like but then they gave it back to china but they had to write a treaty saying that like oh for 50 years hong kong has to remain like democratic mm-hmm. because the rest of china is um communist mm-hmm. and actually that's is that and, where last samurai comes from last samurai is from, from china Cruz? yep yep china because is it china no it's japan Damn. It's Japan. It's Japan. That's an L. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Just act like I didn't say that. Um, and then he's teaching them baseball, which doesn't make any sense because uh, baseball wasn't invented until like 1890, and that movie takes place in like 1700. Mm-hmm. And that's just another thing. But um, that treaty is going to end soon, and China is soon, Hong Kong is probably, and they're already transitioning to try and make it become like a the communist, rest of China yeah. um, by like having the correct propaganda or changing like um, business rights. Because right now in Hong Kong, we can go right now, mm-hmm. go to this office the next day, get a space and open up our own business. And it could be successful or it could be not. We could just get a space in a little mall, mm-hmm. whatever, but we could do it the next day. Um, Cause uh, Hong Kong is a hundred percent like capitalist democratic, um, but soon it won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what my point was that I was just trying to say. What were we talking about before that? I don't know. Uh, we were talking about uh, people of color. Oh, so um, Great Britain. Yeah. Oh, Asians. Asians. Like, not getting the brunt of white supremacy. But nah, yeah, yeah. Like, but no longer does Great Britain. And it's not really... Um, but no, the rest of the world, yeah. They fucking owned. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Even the Soviet Empire, German Empire. Cuba. Did you hear Trump denied? Um, he canceled like a whole bunch of cruise ships going to Cuba and like travel going to Cuba again. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, um, Allison told me the other day that like he canceled like a whole a whole line of cruise ships that were expected to travel to Cuba um, probably in the next like three four months because he's trying to stop relations between us and Cuba Same and the travel man. between us and Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for what? I don't know. That's fucking. That's ridiculous. Even and especially when like. You're friends with a dictator from North Korea. Um, 
whether it be you're trying to negotiate, none of that shit is working. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump fucked up by legitimizing North Korea and having a meeting with them. Mm-hmm. That's what North Korea wanted for hundreds of years. Yep. Be legitimized by meeting with America. And you always got to be skeptical when it comes to like um, a fascist country like that. Um, you're not going to make a deal easily because they're stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. When Kim Jong-un travels, he only takes a shit in his plane so they can take his shit back to North Korea because nobody else can have it. Like They have a way of working and um, no deal is going to be made for denuclearization with mm-hmm. North Korea. And yet you want to um, stop Cuba, who doesn't have light weapons, um, who like is just a small island that really isn't a threat to us. Yeah. Um, but that's what America always does. They always find these small little areas that we feel threaten us and threaten our way of life and culture. Yeah. And obviously we go, we try to, de- um, we try to in- inflict d- democracy and change and kind of change, help change over the regime to reflect us to be an ally to us. But it's like, we're in 2019. Why do we, we have, we're allied with most of the countries in the world. Right. We're not an, an opposing um, to, to anyone for the exception of North Korea, maybe some countries in the Middle East, you know, that, or yeah, Iran. like Iran. Um, um, but it's like, it's not on the scale that it was maybe 20, 30 years ago, we were constantly at war and we're going back and forth right. with people. And, yeah, you and know? we're still kind of like, not really, I feel you though, like we're still in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, but we have a base in every single country. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, we have... Uh, and also, America has become a melting pot of every culture. Yeah, and most every country in the world, you know, but we shouldn't even be the United States of America anymore. We should be United Nations. It's like make that of a country. The United Nations are here, yeah, like, and that's right it. We're the base of the United Nations. Um, not, but uh, nah, we have too many races for that. We gotta wait a little bit. Yeah, it's not they, they don't, I mean, everybody's already here. Like everybody's already here. Um, it's just we spread out so so thin yeah. that the races feel like we're not here. That people don't. We're in New York City. We're blessed. Yeah. Um, luckily, um. Uh, well, I forgot what else we were going to talk about. Oh, we, uh, we definitely, we mentioned this earlier before, but definitely got to talk about Jay-Z becoming like... Oh, beautiful. The first hip-hop billionaire. Beautiful, man. Um, everyone thought it was going to be Diddy or Dr. Dre, um, but it's fucking Jay-Z, Marcy's own, came through. I, 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 you know, he's an inspiration to us all, especially the, the evolution, mm-hmm. the evolution of a man. You know, he's not just like... He's just not like a rapper. He's just mm-hmm. like, he's a god, you know, kind of, to a lot of people. Um, he was just a crack dealer. I think he, he just gave fuel to the fire to give drug dealers, one, like something to aspire to. He just gave drug dealers, a Hell lot yeah. of drug dealers, a dream, you know what I mean? Hell it's yeah. like, yo, I don't have to be doing this shit forever. And, you know, if I legitimize, which I, I've always said is that, a drug dealer is one of the the greatest businessmen because they can take very little and turn it into so much. And if they were it's high risk, high risk, it's extremely high risk, high risk, low reward, depending on if you're on a high level, on a low yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. But if you're on a high level, obviously it's a high reward. But if you were to legitimize and have legitimate business and to do things the right way. Who knows, like, how big, how many more entrepreneurs? We would probably have more business owners than we have um, dudes in prison, mm-hmm. drug dealers in prison. And now with things decriminalizing yeah, yeah, yeah. and we decriminalizing, it's like now it's so casual where dude, well, we're in Colorado and California and in Massachusetts and places like that where weed is legal, Oregon and Washington, you got people with weed shops that they're selling drugs legitimately <laughs> in a storefront 
with dudes in prison who were doing the same thing instead of doing it in a storefront, they was doing it in front of their mom's crib right. or on their block. And they're going to jail for it. And now we're glorifying all these white people for doing the same thing that our people have been doing for years. Oh, you're years. so smart. You're so smart for doing that. You know? Nah, it's, um, it's tragic. It's 100% tragic. Even you could take it further, like the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, those people who are on opioids, they're illegally obtaining them, mm-hmm. you know? But instead of jailing them, because they're dying at a high rate right now. It's really bad. But it's affecting the white community mostly, so... Nah, we need to help them, mm-hmm. not put them in jail. Which I agree with. We shouldn't put them in jail. They have. Well, a- why not? Why not put them in jail and put black people in jail? The same thing with like. I'm yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I don't agree with putting black people in jail either. We should have helped them, mm-hmm. um, or not. Well, we, we, we shouldn't have helped them because we created this epidemic. Shout out to Ronald Reagan. Ro- Ronald yeah, Reagan yeah, created yeah. this. You 100%. know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. By putting crack into the hood mm-hmm. and guns into the hood. Um, it was a way and like also uh, like having crack itself even though it was made from cocaine be a higher offense than just regular cocaine which is what like white people were using which is the white man's drug yeah yeah coke is the white man's drug even though it it didn't have the same offense Mm -hmm. but crack which was more evident in the hood like you were going to jail for like much longer and Mm -hmm. more of you were going to jail no matter what even for a little little tiny speck Mm -hmm. um and so, like, today, modern day, uh, they're just, like, people think, see, as a mental health issue for people on opioids. Um, like, no, we got to help them, try to weed them off, not put them in jail. Um, well, I was trying to, like, I do agree with that. We shouldn't put them in jail because we should not put the black people in jail either. We should have mm-hmm. helped them. But it's fucked up how that is the case. And they, they're doing it. It's just fucked up how that is the case, yeah. They are even gone to the extent where, like, in certain areas where heroin heroin use is like very prevalent that they're creating heroin injection centers to help guide people so they're not overdosing and then they're also leaving having needle stations in bathrooms now so it's like you're making you're normalizing this sense of drug use and making it like normal between um oxy and heroin but then when it comes to weed and drugs that we were having in our communities this is it. This is what's killing us. This is what's destroying our community. You know what I mean? And they, 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 they love to help white people more than they love to help black people. It's, it's very evident. It's about the way that they do things, you know? Of course. Um, I think in the future, it'll eventually become like, because I think, you know, we're eventually going to become like more homogenized, look the same. Mm-hmm. It'll be a classism will be the new racism where um, it, ain't, it won't be about black or white. It'll be about rich and poor. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, it will be always, like, you know, black, but that's going to be a point where you, if you don't got the money, ain't shit going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Ain't shit. And I just hope we don't end up in that world mm-hmm. um, because it, it will never get, it'll be like Ready Player One. Like, everybody will just be in their virtual world, in a shack, mm-hmm. a climb on top of each other, um, while the big corporations just just starve just like and I, I say it's, control it's, us we have this sense like right now with like the mass levels of gentrification and development like mm-hmm. the, that sense of like classism because we being people who live in new york city don't have enough to get where these people are you know what i mean get have enough to afford to live in these um locations because they're overpricing the rent and they're pricing us out and they're kind of stopping us from being able to do that um that kind of creates a sense of classism too because of where you live and how you live in new york city and la and any type of area even like 
How many likes someone gets? Shit like that. Talk listeners, a good 45. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think this is a good, like, current events talking about what's been going on. A lot of stuff that, like, I definitely want to get off of my chest and talk mm-hmm. about. Totally. We actually uh, were going to have a guest today as well, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So we were a little unprepared, um, but it's all good. You know, we still love y'all. Hopefully we'll have that guest soon. Um, um, but stay if you tuned. Have, yep. Uh, we're I, I think we're getting down to like the nitty gritty of like the last few episodes of I, I guess the spring season of Mogul Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we thank you guys for tuning in each and every week. Um, Definitely, if y'all want to show us some love, um, you know, hit, up, hit us up on the Anchor app. Um, if you have a, a questions or concerns, leave a voicemail and we'll have you in the next week's episode. Um, once again, you can follow us on um, Instagram, Mogul Talk Podcast, Twitter, Mogul Talk Pod. You can follow me on at I am King Jules and you can follow my dog, The Sauce, um, aka you, Church. Yeah, you can follow me at No Church in the City. Um, this has been another great episode yep. of your favorite podcast, giving you that business mindset from the millennial perspective. Peace. Swipe.